I interest you in other desired supposes in our exclusive boutique? I'm fine for now, thank you. Then I would like you to announce your locus of residence, followed by the numbers to your telephone. So, here we are back in the studio. Uh, we're here to... It's been some time, Sarah. Some Happy time. Christmas yes. and or New Year since last time yes, I saw you. Yeah, um, is that a new... Yeah, head, head <laughs> yeah, it's, it suits you. Um, and what else suits us is top 10 and also other numbers, other numbers yes. of movies that we enjoyed this year. Because everyone loves lists. Yes. As BuzzFeed taught us back in 2014, <laughs> when that was a relevant thing to say out loud. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, a lot, lot of lists to get through. I think mm. we'll, we'll open it by going through the, the Film Ireland, the, the collated list, the, the one, the big compooper comes together and decides was our collective hive minds top 10 mm. uh, based on an article that you should check out on the website yes. that'll have this in more detail full of many words by many different humans from different mm-hmm. walks of life talking about similar films because the human brain <laughs> is only so imaginative um, so in no particular order the film Ireland writers top 10 are Once Upon a Time in Hollywood uh, Portrait Lady on Fire Booksmart The Souvenir Part 1 The Irishman The Lighthouse Pain and Glory, Marriage Story, uh, In Fabric, and Us. <laughs> Not Us as in me and Sarah Reader, you understand? Reader, You're listener. Too kind. <laughs> no, the uh, film was about yes. the exploitation of black people. Yeah. That one. Um, <laughs> where where shall we begin? Uh, I will quickly, given again, this is the Film Ireland podcast, say my, my top three Irish films of the year because they didn't make my top ten. Uh, so in third place Extraordinary which we reviewed on mm. our last episode and broadly both quite liked yes enough that it made it third place <laughs> I suppose <laughs> for me uh, in second I put Hole in the Ground which is a very solid Irish horror film which everyone should watch mm-hmm. I think it's on Netflix now and in first place uh, Cellar Door mm. so two of those three are quite bleak and yes. me and you were just saying <laughs> in last episode that it was nice Extraordinary wasn't that bleak mm. and it only made third place so and the yes. lesson there is yes. go back to bleak because <laughs> Cellar Door is incredibly bleak mm-hmm. that was the the horror based on the Magdalene Laundries but told in a non-linear pseudo supernatural style that was very interesting and good mm-hmm. um, Sarah any contribution on that front the movies yeah the Irish movies that I enjoyed this year. Extraordinary, also high on my list. Did enjoy it a lot. Also, yeah, it was a, like mainly Scottish film with Irish actors. So that was uh, Wild Rose, which was mm-hmm. very enjoyable. And yes, also watched uh, Never Grow Old. It's in the past now. It's fine. <laughs> You're right. Uh, also in the past is 2018. But mm. because of Irish release schedules, uh, 2018 films get released here in 2019. So... To cover myself for my own top 10, I'm going to include, as its own separate mini-list, top 10 worthy films <laughs> that came out in 2019 here. Richard's far more prepared than me. 2018 <laughs> in the real world, and therefore were like last year's Oscar movies. So, mm-hmm. if Beale Street could talk, Destroyer, and of course, The Favourite, which I think if I was ranking would probably be quite high in a top 10 mm. this year, because The Favourite's very, very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's technically a last year movie to my brain and my yep. system, Fair. so it's gone and dead to me. Oh, <laughs> but you know, is it is it in your top ten? It's not in my top okay, ten. No. Uh, <laughs> One of those movies is. Oh though. god damn it! So, You've broken uh, the whole system. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> so you you were less prepared than me, as you said, but also yes. that means there's less faffing about. So mm. I have a further further list to do before my top ten, which is honorable mentions. So, cellar door, hole in the ground, Vox Lux, horror noir, which we'll get back to. Uh, Good boys, ready or not, Joker. 
that could maybe lose lose that one maybe mm-hmm. they shall come which is if anyone hasn't heard that one that was the chris morris follow-up to mm. four lines i guess after 10 years mm-hmm. <laughs> was that 10 years ago very yeah. good and weird watch it um last black man san francisco arctic the nightingale the irishman one cut of the dead and dolomite is my name those mm. are all not in top 10 but they could have been but they weren't because mm-hmm. of the yeah. whims of fate uh Sarah, yeah. say something uh, else. Um, well, another movie that I don't think made our top ten, mm-hmm. but maybe we should talk about mm-hmm. is Knives Out, which I presume would probably get. Oh, it's in my top ten. Oh, it is your top it's, ten. It's okay. 10, yeah. uh, well, in that case, I'm we very. Can, we can start now. No, um, that's, that's 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 okay. I I would say it would be an honorable mention for my list anyway. So you know that's good. My one uh, honorable mention. Case, so no, do you have there's, 11 there's other ones. It's fine. <laughs> uh, oh, we can start with that then because we ended okay. the last episode with Ready or Not and mentioned that's true. profusely how it was similar to Knives Out without explaining how or why. Yes. So here's the follow-on to that. <laughs> that was the cliffhanger. Uh, sure. A totally <laughs> unplanned one, but it did. Yes. yes. <laughs> Knives Out. Uh-huh. Uh, it, it's not my number 10. Look, I don't have a numbered list. It's just, mm. li- it's a list of mm. words. It's not a numerical list. <laughs> so this isn't, don't take this as being number 10 or number one. It's yeah. neither. It's both. It's everything. And, yeah. and nothing. More. And nothing. <laughs> it's nothing. Um, that's very good. I really enjoyed that. Mm. Uh, Jesus. I, yeah. <laughs> my brain is now like scrambled <laughs> from three different lists, one about different time zones, one yeah. about different countries, and now I just don't know what to say. Sarah, talk about uh. Uh, yeah, so I guess, well, we should say Explain it's... the similarities and why it's... Oh, should we say what it is? Oh, yeah, I guess so. It's, <laughs> Just a, in case it's people a Nathan haven't... Christie style thing, yeah. but from Ryan Johnson, who makes mm. all those films where he takes a beloved genre yes. and flips it on its head. Yeah. So he took a beloved genre and flipped it on its head. Yeah. Uh, it's really good. Yeah. Uh, First. Daniel Craig plays someone from the south mm, which i think yes. he also did in lucky or at least yeah, was also another very it broad kind accent of feels like like i'm not gonna say it's his shtick because that's unfair but i think mm. this was getting so much surprise that it was sort of like you haven't seen local lucky <laughs> you know like well, I, I mean even if you have though i think this one's a different type of that's, accent that's true there's more than one accent but it feels like and in both cases both he did it on the first day as a joke okay and no one stopped yeah. him yeah, so yeah. he kept doing because there's, there's a lot of lines especially in knives out that feel like improv lines that are just taking the piss out of his accent. Yeah. And I doubt they are in the script. That's mm. like they just went, well, shit, he's not going to stop doing his accent, so I better like address it in some way. Yeah, yeah, sense. yeah. Uh, I love the accent, though. It's ridiculous. Mm. It's very funny. Mm. Hearing him say sweet beans in that accent, or my favourite line in the movie, the Nazi child masturbating in the bathroom, <laughs> but in a <laughs> southern drawl from Daniel Craig. Very yes, good. Yes, definitely. Um, yeah, what you you must have. Thought. Yeah, no, I I did I I enjoyed it quite a lot. I have to say, I did go into it hearing that it's like super anti-capitalist, and mm. I was very excited about that. I found it somewhat anti-capitalist, <laughs> adequately anti-capitalist. Yeah, I think it fell down a little bit. I think that's where it did fall down. I do explain. Um. So yeah, we were actually we were yeah we were talking about last podcast mm-hmm. we were talking about sort of how or you know it's good when basically films. Don't show super, super rich people as being really great. Mm-hmm. This film, for the most part, does that. The I family, the wealthy family, go on. <laughs> um, very unlikable. And I mean, it's. It, I think it's done quite well because the the granddaughter of the family is sort of quite, you know, a liberal. She's the she's closest col- to being likable. But she's yeah. still completely swayed the second exactly. the family needed to. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah this she's compromised immediately. Yeah, yeah, like she studies gender studies or she does something liberal and a lot of buzzwords are thrown around yeah, I can't recall exactly yeah. what she's supposed to be studying but that's yes. it and she's she's very sympathetic 
or at least seems like she's mm-hmm. very sympathetic. It's actually very hard to know if she was actually just um, being coerced into it. Or being, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, it's kind of nice that's left blank. Yeah, no, it, it definitely yeah. is good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as, as soon as her, her fortune is challenged or, or in trouble, she basically worries about that. The film also has a narrative of, oh, if you're, you know, if you were born into money, you're probably an asshole. But if you made that money you're still kind of a good guy and we kind of like you even though you're a rapscallion. Sarah, are you implying <laughs> that all this movie said in no uncertain terms that the oldest, whitest and malest of us are definitely okay and good people? <laughs> it might say. Um, that might be what I'm saying. Yes, indeed. I think, yeah, I, I definitely, I think that that is where the film kind of falls down a bit. And I think as well that actually without giving away too much even the title of the movie actually implies that i I, like as again don't want to give it away for people but essentially it's to do with a quote from this wealthy man who made a self-made man so it's sort of is that a quote from him it's it's not it's not a quote but essentially he talks about knives very early on and the the claim he makes about knives is one that follows through to the oh, end. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, someone does say the phrase knives out in the movie at some point. I think Probably, it's Daniel yeah. Creek. Okay, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah. His belief is basically the one that turns out to be true in the end. That's true, yeah. Okay. And um, I like it does very much feel like he's an eccentric old, someone who kind of seems foolish, but it actually is far more intelligent than he think. Kind Would of you say he could on. be classed as an okay boomer? Yeah, I think so. Do you get it? Is that, is that yeah, good it's good. It's, it's good. good. It's very good. It's very good. Uh, yeah, no, I that occurred to me watching it too. I was like, oh, this is good because I I had before seeing it, seeing someone describe it as like a, a an Agatha Christie murder mystery in, for the Trump era, and I, I know what they mean by okay, that. Okay, yeah, yeah, like yeah. Immigrants <clears throat> getting the upper hand and stuff. Like, yeah, fair enough, cool, good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know what you mean, and yes, that that does slightly undercut the more progressive mm. if you want to call it that uh, messages of the overall plot um, yeah you know, well, no that was yeah. perfect Sarah what, no. what do you want from the world yeah, that's it <laughs> <laughs> no, just I millions and millions of dollars that's yeah, all I want um, um, yeah no I mean like at the same time I think if I hadn't gone in hearing like this is a super anti-capitalist movie um, I probably would have been like eh, you know what overall pretty messages I can yeah. agree with <laughs> And yeah, like, I mean, I think it does do a lot of good stuff. I mean, I, again, I don't want to like, don't want to spoil it. Mm. But um, I, I, do you think that it kind of turns the, what, what would you call it, the whodunit plot, I guess, on its head too much? Like, I feel like a lot of it isn't really that much of a whodunit. <laughs> no, I quite like that at first because it, I guess this is, in, this isn't really a spoiler, but it's also sort of spoiler that they, they reveal who did it within mm. the first 20 minutes, I want to say. And mm. then it's it's something else for the next yeah. hour or so. Yeah, but then it becomes exactly. like done it again after that, but only like at the very, very end. Yeah, yeah, when yeah. When Danny Craig has this big spiel about how... That's the thing. I, I, I kind of like the fact that it, it is a whodunit, then it's not a whodunit. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But at the very last minute, like, it's... Oh, no, it actually was a whodunit the whole time. <laughs> yeah, you just didn't yeah, realize yeah, yeah. it was, but here you go. <laughs> um, and that is a very Ryan Johnson-y thing. Yeah. People, now, I quite love... I love The Last Jedi, but people hate The Last Jedi because it, like, it's too many subversions. Yeah, uh, I understand yeah. why people make those kind of claims about Ryan Johnson. Yeah, yes, this okay. is just subversion after subversion after subversion. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, it was fun. Um, if anything is a problem, it's probably too well cast in that none mm. of them really get enough time to do anything bar probably Evans, Craig and 
um, Darmas. Yeah. No one else really gets enough screen. Like Tony Collette is great for mm. like the the ten lines she has. Yeah. yeah Ditto yeah, yeah, like yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis. But they're mm. all wonderfully awful. They're mm. all just the worst people. That's great. Yeah. The, the Stranger Things Nazi child's good, even though he has no lines. Maybe he just yeah. has, like looks. Yeah. Uh, he looks very Aryan. <laughs> well done costuming. Um, also, that's just his head, I suppose. They couldn't change that. He just yeah. It never occurred to me until watching. Like, I think he does have a very like Nazi youth face, doesn't he? Yeah, mean? yeah, that's it. Um, yeah 1930s yeah yeah it's got to come from what were your thoughts <laughs> on Chris Evans's subversion of type because I feel like everyone's like oh he's so sick of playing like the the bastion of human greatness yeah. that now he has to be an asshole and he was an asshole but he didn't seem like that much of an asshole no I don't think so and he played it as quite a likeable asshole mm. <laughs> like, <laughs> like he was um, objectively a bad person but he was fun to watch yeah I guess they all were um I suppose as well, like, if you only know him from Captain America, maybe you'd be yeah. more surprised. But I guess if you've seen him in other things, it's like, oh, he's um, an actor. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's something called range. Yes. <laughs> yeah, some of us recall him from Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. Uh, other better films. <laughs> Sunshine. This oh, is, yeah, yeah, he was, he yeah, was good yeah. in that movie. Snow <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> probably something from the, the mid 2000s where yeah. he was in like a hey, teen he, thing. Yeah. Not another teen movie. I feel he's in that. Maybe. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> Acting. <laughs> One of many interchangeable <laughs> blonde actors that here. It could have been Gosling. I don't know. Yeah. Um, after we've now talked about entry in my top ten, I'm wondering yes. how do we proceed. I'm not sure. Do we just like Ooh, list our top tens or have yeah, to talk about is, every single one of them now? This <laughs> is anarchy now. Um, well, let, let's go. Remember when we've both seen and both like. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's talk about us uh, oh, again yes. for the second time <laughs> this year. That, well, yeah. that was like fairly early in the year. Oh, uh, yeah. March? That was, yeah, yeah. No, that February? was a while ago. Yeah. I think it definitely was one of the films that I have thought about the most mm-hmm. this year. Have you watched it again since? Um, I saw it twice when it was in cinema, and oh, I have not cool. seen it since, sadly. I might pop it up on over Christmas or something. And or a new year. Yes. Whichever we're oh, yes. in. <laughs> or 2020. Spring. Um, <laughs> yes. uh, I'm hopeful that because everyone's saying, and rightly so, if it wasn't a horror film or if it was released around now, Lupita Nyong'o will be up for Oscars, undoubtedly. Mm. Because it was released so early, she probably won't be. Uh, I've seen some renewed buzz about it, so I mm-hmm. think she could. Because she got a Golden Globe nomination, I think, for it. Okay, so. yeah, yeah. I think mean, it's a fair chance. It'd be nice to get nominated for that because yeah. she was incredible in yeah. both roles. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, there's not many horrors this year, I'd say, have Oscar-worthy performance. I, I know, I know mm. you, you didn't much care for it, but I think Midsommar, Florence Pugh was very good. Oh, yeah. No, like, um, yeah. It was definitely a very good acting mm. <laughs> role. <laughs> <laughs> oh, such diplomatic, slow-worded <laughs> sentences. Um, yeah, us. Us, 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 us. What else? <laughs> what else? <laughs> Still very relevant, probably. Still, yeah. Depending how you interpret it. It's yeah. Pretty, pretty loose. That's um, it, yeah. Um, yeah. anti-capitalist, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, a lot of, you know, kids in cages. Mm, <laughs> it's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. great to talk about that. Yeah. I, it, yeah, I do kind of, uh, I don't know, I, I, I do actually feel like it should have been talked about more than it was. Yeah. Like, it, because again, like I, I feel like I've been thinking about it, but it... It, I, I did it get. I suppose it did get quite a lot of buzz at the time, but it's. I don't know. It got a lot of buzz more about like how it was follow up to Get Out opposed to yeah. what it was necessarily itself about. Yeah. I guess because the the metaphors weren't as simple as Get Outs, and people mm. were like, "Well, this is confusing." Yes. And there's yeah. no. There's no real answer, <laughs> so therefore, it's like, yeah. yeah, yeah. If there's no actual answers, no one talking about it. Yeah. Brains. Um. Yeah. 
And actually, one thing that I, I suppose that I kind of has, you know, thought about since is, is the fact that like as much as I do still enjoy it, it's kind of like the problematic elements that I did not think about at first. Mm. Um, like the sort of implication of, you know, if, if so obviously the reveal at the end that, oh, no, it was the original mm-hmm. all along is like, is it sort of implying that only someone from the surface world could actually be intelligent enough to start an uprising yeah. on the underneath world. Um, which it can is only like be like a class so revolt great. if it's yeah. an upper class person who Ex- fell from grace. And yeah, the yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's sort of like, it's, you know, there's there's stuff to work on there. But, you like know. Whether you're not or knives out, it's yeah. probably <laughs> anti-capitalist. Adequately anti-capitalist. <laughs> yes, this is, this is what we require. At um, least it was a rich non-white person this time that we can like, well, yeah. that's less bad. <laughs> yeah. You're getting there, honey. You're almost there. You're <laughs> nearly hitting that where you need to go. That's um, it. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, I don't think we have much else to say about No, this. I think it's just a good movie. Uh, we, we could say we're into horror noir. Um, yes. That, that heavily involved uh, Get Out from Memory. Yes, discussions. definitely, yeah. Um, a lot of Jordan Peele. A lot of Jordan Peele. Interviewing. <laughs> My brain wanted to say Jordan Peterson. Oh, yeah. And I was like, I'm that not going to. But I almost said yeah. it. I was like, but that's not him. <laughs> so I won't say it. But I couldn't recall Jordan Peele's name. I was like, My brain keeps saying Jordan Peterson. But yeah. It's not him. He didn't make it out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but yeah, it's Horror Noir. So that's a, I think Shudder, the yes. app exclusively made mm. that. And mm-hmm. it's an exploration of, uh, I suppose, black representation through horror of the last century or something. Yeah, Which yeah. Go that far back. Um, um, it does start with Birth of a Nation so I mean that is yes, a century right, ago isn't um, it at this point yeah and it's going it kind of goes through from how like black bodies are used mainly as targets mm. or how they kind of reclaimed it or subverted it or it's very interesting um, mm. I don't think it has any like grand singular point to make but that's okay it's yeah. an interesting exploration of the genre from that lens yeah that's it and actually I think as well in a sense the fact that it's kind of a little bit too uh, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily find a focus. Yeah. It kind of goes towards something I feel, which is that American horror is actually black horror. Like, uh, basically, a lot of the most horrific things mm-hmm. that happen to white characters are they're shown that way because they happen in reality to black people. That's very true. But yeah. that's <laughs> not as, you know, that's basically not what, what Hollywood has wanted to show for the last century. Has anyone written on that topic? Um, that sounds like a yeah. PhD, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I definitely have been thinking about it myself because um, mm. I like I do think that um, that Get Out did what, uh, like it, it does strike me that it's basically showing a history which is um, sundown towns. Sundown mm. towns were towns that basically said black people cannot be here after. Uh, after sundown, if they're right. here, we will lynch them. There were hundreds of them across the nation. There are still some sundown towns. Um, we Jesus. like, yeah, like it's hard to know when they stopped because some of them may still Didn't, be doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, mo- like I think, I hope they have all stopped at this point, but a lot of them won't acknowledge that they used to be. So you know, like it's basically a big horrific continuum of murdering black people. Um, well, that is America. I yeah, but the thing is that that's also what a lot of horror is about. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not untrue. Um, uh, so, yeah, like, it, it's just, you know, stuff like the Ch- Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like 
Halloween. Like it is basically all like let's like white people get murdered after dark. Mm. <laughs> and um you know, whether or not filmmakers recognize that or whether that is just like cultural osmosis of white people imagining what they're doing to other people happening to them. But anyway, yeah, like the <laughs> That's, I think, what American horror is, <laughs> and I feel that to think like, about yeah, that to think about. <laughs> and I think that's kind of what horror noir is sort of gesturing towards as well. I, 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 I yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, yep. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so that's why I found it a very, very uh, fascinating documentary. Yeah, actually, in particular, I think stuff like interviewing Rachel True, who was she was the 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 black main character from The Craft. The, oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I remember her, she was talking about how the character she auditioned for, her, her character's issue was that she had suffered from anorexia. But then when she got the character, suddenly the anorexia disappeared and her issue was that she was black. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was just like little details like that, yeah, I think, were yeah. really, really interesting. It's just, it does kind of look at yeah a lot of like issues around being right like acting while black as well as um as well as like um exploring black issues within the films mm, so mm-hmm, yeah yeah mm-hmm. shutter is is it's it's a really interesting um service like i definitely recommend having a look if you're interested in horror at all i had it very briefly and it was, it was well it was quite uh, it's quite new when i got it so i had yeah. I, bought, I got it for horror noir basically <clears throat> and they haven't they didn't update it again after that because it the library then wasn't that expensive, but yeah, I really keep adding to it. It's pretty really good mm-hmm. now. Yeah. And they've made more films since Independent, mm-hmm. haven't they? Yeah. yeah, no, they made some. Um, yeah, it's a good little service. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's definitely um, it's still a little on the small side, mm. but like at the same time, it kind of feels like if you're looking for somewhere to support, you know, like, yeah. and you don't want to support Netflix or something, you know, go that Disney way. Disney Plus. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, Alrighty. I think what we might just do is just quickly do our top tens each and cool. then go back into the yeah. I'm trying yeah. to think how we'll actually get to discussing the ones we won't be talking about in full if we don't do otherwise. That's a good so, point. Do you want us to go to your top ten? Uh, uh in, yeah. in your order or whatever order sure. you want. Uh yeah, so I kind of have um a bottom top five and a top top five. Sure, that's, sure, sure. That's the correct terminology. Yeah, some of the films I talked about already were Too Late to Die to Die Young. There's a film from Chile. Yeah, that was, yeah, really enjoyed that. The Lego Movie 2, In Fabric, Booksmart, and If Beale Street Could Talk. So that's kind of my, yeah, the, the bottom five. And then on top, as we already talked about Horror Noir, Gwen, which is a Welsh film, uh, The Souvenir, which I think we're going to talk about mm-hmm. in a while, uh, Woman at War, and Us. So, cool. yes. Right. So mine, I don't have quite the same set of Sarah. I have three sort of joint number ones and then the rest so the rest will be knives out us eighth grade a kind of joint between high life and the lighthouse because they're both robert, robert pattinson in a nice state of place mm. doing weird sex stuff uh book smart in fabric the souvenir part one the mm. farewell and monos is that 10 that's probably 10 uh, and yes the souvenir you know it's getting a sequel don't you is it? Yeah. So Souvenir is officially Souvenir Part 1 because <laughs> okay. Part 2 is out next year. Oh. And Ooh. I don't know how to feel about that. Let's talk about Souvenir yeah. now. Um, so, Souvenir, okay, sorry. Yeah, so my joint top three are the Souvenir, In Fabric, and The Farewell. Um, mm. My joint top one, sorry. Uh, can we have two of them? In Fabric, we talked about ages ago, and it's great. And it's weird. 
but the mm-hmm. souvenir. Um, yeah, so they're making a second one. Hmm. All the same cast and crew and like director and stuff. I don't know why, because that story feels entirely complete to me. Yeah. Um, wow. So the souvenir, for those who haven't seen it, is from Jonah Hogg, starring... I can't remember a real name. He called her Baby Tills. Uh, Tillsman's daughter. <laughs> uh, Honor, Honor Swinton Swin- yeah. yes, yes, there yes. we go. Baby Tills. Um, and she's from a sort of uh, upper middle class mm, background. Yeah. And she's trying to make a film about uh, like yeah. working class people. It's yes. in the 80s, I want to say. 70s, 80s. Mm-hmm. One of those yeah. smoky, dark, bleak British decades. Yeah, no, it's definitely, I mean, the... The um the boyfriend that she will yes. acquire um he's yeah he's working with like Northern Irish yes like, you're right politics, sorry the troubles so, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, he's from with the Foreign Office or something yes. like that uh, <clears throat> so p- people have and I think not unfairly leveled the the privilege claim against it mm. uh, yeah fair enough but I think the main focus isn't that the main focus is what I think is an incredibly empathetic and believable and just almost understandable depiction of a toxic relationship and mm. how it doesn't stop because like the whole film you're screaming at her to leave him mm. and yet you also kind of get why she doesn't and why mm. she's she can't yeah yeah and it's it's still very frustrating to watch like it, it's an interesting thing because you're not used to a protagonist where you're on their side but also just angry at them all the time for yeah, not doing what you yeah, want yeah, them to yeah. do uh but yeah, no, she's phenomenal. The uh, the boyfriend's really good. He's he's awful. He's the mm, worst person. He's a yes. true knives out. Whether you're not rich person, <laughs> very good point. Um, yeah, it's it's just a deep. I hate saying this. It's a deeply human film, and mm. I just think I've never seen a film depict toxic relationship like that, where you just you can kind of feel for both parties and yet still be screaming to leave each other or just yeah, someone die. Yeah, <laughs> just to end this horror and torture. Yeah, it kind of did quite good, like, I feel like it did quite good mind tricks on the viewer. Mm. It's sort of quite early on, you as a viewer, well, I sorry, I, maybe I'm, maybe I'm the only person who figured it out. But no, like, you, you start to get the implication that this boy, the boyfriend is using heroin. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. But at the same time, Julie, Julie, yeah, the main character does not. And I know, well, for me anyway, I was kind of like, is it obvious? Is it not obvious? Like I, I was basically going. Do, I know what you mean. Am I wrong or is mm. she wrong? <laughs> um, yes. Like okay. So now that you say that it is obvious, that's good to um, know. Well, I think it is, but I'm also trying to recall at what point I figured it out because I think I my brain twigged it the first time you see him. I think well, he does something with his yeah. arm, where you see the arm. I was like, yeah, is of that course. a needle track yeah, mark? Yeah, yeah. But then I, I don't think it was until the dinner party bit, maybe, where I was like, oh, for sure, he's definitely using heroin. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The bizarre Richard Iwadi yes, character, yeah, um, like kind of reveals it, and I think that's when she first fully accepts it. Yeah, I think I kind of half twigged it before yeah, then. Wasn't yeah, yeah. fully sure, maybe. Um, I'm mm. not sure. I can't remember now. Yeah, you right. And I it's know. I don't know. I think as well, it's sort of like how much willful ignorance is going mm-hmm, on, mm-hmm. and. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it, the film just does those kind of things really well where you're kind of like, how much am I supposed to know? How much do I know? How much am yeah. I not letting myself know? Actually, I remember last year, or was it last year or the year? Yeah, I think it was last year that we were kind of looking at like the most like bizarre moments or the like. Oh, yeah. The, the, I feel like we've in that moment now. Yeah. Like, oh, well, well actually, last year it was, def- it was sudden male nudity for sudden me. Sudden male nudity. <laughs> yes, I recall this. Um, <laughs> yeah, but... Um, <laughs> This year, I think for me, the most bizarre slash possibly the most terrifying moment of any film I've seen this year mm-hmm. was her encountering this man in her apartment. I knew you were going to say that scene. Yeah, that it, was great. Like it's, it's, 
horrible. I, yeah, it, it is like, but it's it's amazing because it is just like the camera is just watching this mm-hmm. happen, and you're just screaming at her to get out of there. Yeah, or yeah. and the thing is that the guy is obviously maybe not obviously, but seems to be quite harmless. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, how can you know that? It's it's so well done, and I I I really liked as well that they were she was talking previously about the scene in Psycho and how mm. like how, basically how carefully put together that was because this scene was just like oh, hugely contrasted because it's just so simple and equally terrifying yep. if not yeah it's 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 such an such a like amazing moment from just an incredible film like I even like that when they go on their little holiday to Venice it never looks fun or good yes, or enjoyable yeah because <laughs> most films that do the kind of thing we're like okay this is a bad relationship they're both not having a nice time but they went on holiday and see they can have fun sometimes no it was awful it looked awful I think she yeah. cried for most of it yes like that seems a lot more realistic when relationships on the rocks you go on holidays it's still on the rocks yeah um I do remember thinking while watching it my brain is just this minute twig what it meant that it's weird how this is set so pointedly in the troubles, and yet, because I assumed someone was going to get car bombed or something, I thought like she might get car bombed, because uh, that felt like how it was going. Cause it kept mentioning how like if they find out where he works or where he lives, something happened. Uh-huh. But I guess because you're waiting for a bombing to happen, yeah, that's more yeah, just yeah. the the symbolism of well, waiting for a ship to kind of explode, kind of thing. Ooh, is, it, is it is it weird using <laughs> the troubles as a a sort of abstract metaphor for a relationship <laughs> taking time bomb. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it is. I suppose maybe that is where you level the like privilege. Um, yeah, maybe it is a bit. Criticism at it. But no, I'll, I'll, that's, yeah, that is a very interesting way of, of looking at it. Definitely. I, I assume that's the reason for it. Yeah. That's, mm. uh, um, uh, but yes, it's a phenomenally good film. Um, mm, it's not a yeah. remotely fun watch, but it's no, a really good one. No. <laughs> what did you think as well of actually the, um, there's sort of, um, uh, I guess, like one motif is trees and... It, there's sort of a, a, a shot of, I think it's like th- maybe three or five like very large trees in just a just a out in the oh, field. And there's like the voiceover and the voiceover. Yeah, because so because I've only seen the film once. Uh. Um, I like at the time I was kind of like, yeah, should probably be paying attention now, but I'm not really. <laughs> and then by the end of the film, I was like, shit, I've probably missed. I feel like that's the point of the film. To me, maybe I'm wrong that there's loads of stuff going on. Like, it seems like a very simple film, but there's massive amounts of stuff going on beneath the the surface that I just have not twigged. (laughs) So I really have to go back and watch it because it's definitely not just a straightforward drama. (laughs) Like, I know it's not, but I still don't know quite what it is that's going on. (laughs) Um, I do now, because actually entirely forgot about the whole tree voiceover thing. Mm. I do remember thinking while watching it, I don't quite get what this means. (laughs) So I think when St. Bozio was like... (laughs) Trying to work out what, why? Because what, <laughs> what even is the? Cause I think the voiceover from memory. It's like it's her diary in reverse. I mean, like the very early on one is a really okay. negative breakup sounding <clears throat> one, and then it gets more positive as it goes on. As if it's okay. Is that what it was? Am no, I, right? I think you I might know, be right. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, like we're hearing her diary version. It's maybe like the editing is meant to imply recollection I don't know mm. I don't know yeah, we'll watch it again we'll watch it next year who knows yeah, yeah, uh, before yeah. part 2 comes out that's it yeah I don't want a part 2 <laughs> no me like, neither what do you do with it yeah he's back alive gonna, yeah, he's back as a ghost <laughs> like Emperor Palpatine in the new Star Wars yeah. remember characters you like there they're back <laughs> from the dead and like what, I don't know what does that mean for her as well was she like 
want to be a successful director? I, I think it is said a few years later. I read the, like the really the really sparse Wikipedia. Okay. Thing. The only thing I know for sure is that Pattinson was cast in it and then dropped out. Oh, so okay. I guess he's playing new Batman love Ooh, interest. Maybe okay. well, he's not in it now. No. but he was going to be in it. Okay. Um, yeah, I have no idea. I'm, like I'll definitely go see it because the first mm-hmm. one was phenomenal. But like it was a great singular story. Yeah, you don't need definitely. Any, uh... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway. Sure, look, yeah. speaking of patents and I'll mm. jump into a few oh, yeah. talk about. So High Life and The Lighthouse, which are very different yet very similar films. Uh, High Life is Claire Denis about Robert Pattinson as a criminal in weird space prison, which is a big floating mm. biosphere thing where Juliette Binoche does sexy experiments on her people. This sounds like a porn film. It's a deeply <laughs> upsetting watch. There's a, a lot of rape yeah. uh, and a sex chair and Juliette Binoche is going to town in a sex chair. It's all very upsetting. Uh, but it's a very interesting to watch about like identity and like loneliness and isolation and good stuff like that. The Lighthouse is similarly Robert Pattinson is in the Lighthouse with Willem Dafoe. Uh, he's very horny. He's very lonely. Uh, there's a lot of uh, implied homoeroticism, but also just weird sex stuff and madness and it's about isolation identity. And blah, 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 blah. They have very overlapping themes and setups despite being quite different. Um, I think maybe on a pure craft level, I might say the lighthouse is a little bit better. Uh, I think I prefer the aesthetic of High Life, but they're definitely mm. both worth watching if you mm. want to watch just a weird sex film. Mm. Uh, mm. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what else to say about them. There's there's definitely like in Souvenir. If I watch them again, I'm like ah oh, yes, themes and stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, initial <laughs> watch, it's more just kind of both of them kind of bowl you over with the sheer force of everything in them because there's a there's a lot in mm. both of them um the lighthouse especially which i know is one of the films that will probably be it's released here technically next year but there mm. was one screen of it here it, it, but again it's like it's, it's 2018 we really okay but we got here 2019 like parasite parasite should have been out here by now but it hasn't uh, been yet okay. so that that would be the peak mm. anti-capitalist film <laughs> and we haven't seen it there oh, we couldn't see it not, there you uh, go. Yeah. but it tied it all together down <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so hmm. High Life slash The Lighthouse. Sarah, you don't have a Gwyn. Yeah. Um, bleak. <laughs> it's, it, this is a bleak one. Look, 2019 is not having a good year for yeah. life or uh, the world. Um, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting, actually, because this one was kind of compared to The Witch. Um, yeah. Good segue. Good, good segue. <laughs> um, and... Uh, aesthetically it definitely is it, it's the Welsh countryside in the 1850s it gestures towards paranormal but mm-hmm. it is very much this world it's not the witchy world oh, that witchy world I know um, so and, and actually I think it's actually kind of more similar to Black 47 in a lot of ways um, because it is it is very much about those horrible landlords who are going to... The British. Yes, yeah. Who are going to take all the stuff and they're going to ruin everyone's lives. Not so much revenge going mm. on, sadly. It's it, it's it's very sad. <laughs> Gwen is the main character. Um, her family are basically just like surviving on their farmland, which is going to be taken away by the mining company any day. It actually talking about anti-capitalism and anti-capitalist mm-hmm. movies. I think it actually doesn't. It does seem unrelentingly bleak to a, a level that you're kind of like, why am I bothering? But I think it's actually <laughs> it does a really good job of like showing how misfortune is. It's completely manufactured. Do you right. know, yeah. like 
but you know, bad things don't just happen to people because that's the universe. It's it's capitalists coming and like <laughs> screwing you over in every way possible. And it's like it, it does it, it does a really good job of just like showing the everyday way that families are barely surviving. It, it does it's quite clever because all right, I think what what's quite interesting is so the families the father is away at war, he has died. The mother has not told the daughter and mm-hmm. you think it's because, well, she thinks it's because she wants to save her feelings, but it's because if the miners know the dad's dead, they're going to just take the land. So mm. it's it's like, it's really like doing a really clever job of like showing how, I suppose, just how like the pragmatic and the personal are like so intertwined it is just absolutely devastating but in a personal and a political way and it, it like I was just absolutely devastated for days afterwards so yeah it's really hard going but it's like I think it's incredibly well made film so I, I hope people go and see it uh, it's out in DVD heard of it, so yeah I don't think it got much of a release yeah. um, it's a little yeah. bit like Nightingale which also didn't get much yeah. release which is also yeah, yeah, incredibly yeah. bleak uh, female yeah. centred <laughs> roughly the same decade set movie there you go <laughs> yeah that's so, from the, the Duck Lady, not the witch person. Uh, Although the witch person yes. made that idea. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> um, I feel like that's probably most of our top tens. We might come mm. out to do one more afterwards. Let's just quickly do some worsts, first of all, though. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, so you have, I believe, a shorter list of worsts than yeah. I do. So I'll let you go second and just like rant on your sure. one. Because I know what your one is. <laughs> uh, so I have a top ten of worsts, Ooh. but I have three categories of uh, sub-worsts. So the overall ten is our glass, polar, Hellboy, Dark Phoenix, The Dead Don't Die, Cold Pursuit, The Curse mm. of La Llorona, It Chapter 2, Velvet Buzzsaw, and Charlie's Angels. Uh, okay, so the best of those worst is Hellboy, which was really fun and is badly made and dreadful. But if you see it in the very specific circumstances I did, as in, in a cinema, in a 4DX showing that's near empty, yet they have to make all those chairs move, and it's just bleak, but you're getting punched in the back when he gets punched. You're getting sprayed in the face of water when someone gets stabbed. It's too loud. It hurts. Hmm. They're screaming their nonsense dialogue at such a volume of decibels <laughs> that it literally hurts your ears while your chair is shaking, your popcorn's falling, you're being sprayed in the face of water. It sounds like a terrible experience, but it just came together <laughs> to be really funny. Okay. I just laughed throughout it. I'd pay to do it again. <laughs> it's not a good film. Wow. Um, worst, worst is Polar. You didn't see Polar, did you? No. That was the, the Netflix exclusive. Mm. The Netflix exclusive. The one that Netflix made. That's trying to be John Wick, but Matt Mickelson, which sounds like a great okay. idea on paper. And it was just horrific. It's three different films in one. They're all sleazy and disgusting. It's it's just, it's really old fashioned kinds of quote unquote cool, where uh. it's just incredibly misogynistic uh. and sleazy. And yeah. <laughs> there's a funny bit where Matt Mickelson's like having sex with a woman and then a shootout starts out. So it's just Matt Mickelson trying to have sex with a woman oh, while naked, gosh. just firing back with guns. Yeah, it's bad. Okay. Um, is Vanessa Hudgens in it one of the old Disney people okay. and she gets introduced really early on and then at the end is the whole reveal of he killed her parents and it's like what oh, it's, it's, a, it's a whole thing like an, yeah, okay okay like you know where you're on like, it's like a, you know like Leon where she's like a damaged yeah, person okay. and you're like oh her parents were yeah. killed and you don't think about it and the end goes oh he killed them yeah. and she's like I knew you killed them like, why didn't you tell us yeah. it feels like uh, this is maybe a bit too an unfair comparison but I was oh, thinking yeah. I was like, oh it's trying to do an old boy like not 
literally an old boy, but just like that kind of. It's yeah, I think thing. it's it has aspirations towards yeah. that kind of genre, but yeah, it's yeah. just <clears throat> crap and icky. And, hey. <laughs> uh, what Matt Lucas is there as this like completely. He's he's so slimy and disgusting physically that he's like mm. basically othered, and it's all just him constantly lubing up his hands and squelching them into the microwave. It's just mm. bad. Mm-hmm. It's really long. Don't watch Polar. Uh, and the last one I will say is the most disappointing of the year, which is Charles Angels. Mm. Uh, Charles Angels. I was looking forward to for so long. Uh, <laughs> um, I love the other two, even though they're very bad films, but they're mm. amazingly bad films. Mm-hmm. This one has it should have had everything going for it. Great cast. Chris Stewart's great. Great director slash writer in Elizabeth Banks, mm-hmm. and it's terrible. Aww. It's it's thoroughly unfunny throughout. The right every joke fails to land. You're basically watching well. two hours of bad stand up just die in front of you. The action scenes are competent. Christian Stewart has been doing some great artsy stuff the last few years, so mm. it was weird seeing her back in like a yeah. genre film. Yeah, and all she's given to do is weird, sexy stuff, and then. Someone will say like a crap line that isn't funny, and then she has to like do kind of an eyebrows mucking to the camera face and like ooh, and it's like ugh, what are you? Wow, why? But it's ugh. maybe artsy in like an ironic way. Uh, sure, <laughs> let's go with that. The, the lack of humor was the point. Yeah. Um, it was meant to be unfunny. Uh, Patrick Stewart's kind of fun in it. Sam mm. Claflin screams a fair bit, which is kind of funny. Uh, hmm. I kind of want a sequel, but also I don't want a sequel. Okay. Did I see you <laughs> that you were happy or if you weren't, what are your thoughts on Kristen Stewart being like named actor of the decade? Oh, I saw that. I didn't really have a thought on okay. it. I was like, yeah, sure, why not? I probably wouldn't have okay, picked her. But, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Because I can't think, like, I think of a handful of things she's done in the last 10 years which were very good. But I don't know if she's done enough in terms of sheer volume of work to justify yeah. that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, I don't know. I guess maybe it's just like pleasant surprise yeah. or something you know that like oh she turned out good yay like, I kind of feel like <laughs> if I give it anyone if I give it someone like Lupita Nyong'o or mm. Zoe Saldana like someone who's yeah. done well probably Nyong'o because she's done like art stuff and then also she's in like Star Wars and mm. she's in like massive things and mm-hmm. then yeah, yeah I feel she's in like a fairly wide breadth of things that have all been mm. massively successful whereas Kristen Stewart's I guess she redeemed her image of being not a good actor in <laughs> yeah, like shitty yeah, films, yeah, being yeah. a very good actor in not shitty films. I'm like, is that worth it? But no, I really like her. It's like, yeah, fine. I guess mm. it's a sort of meaningless title, I suppose. Yeah. Like, who even whose publication was it? Yeah, that? I'm, I'm, um, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm not angry about it. I just don't really understand. Fair enough, no. I'm bemused. I saw um, no. I did. I saw someone be very happy about it, and in my head, I thought it might have been you. Oh, so no, it's me. not, but at least someone else I know is very happy about it. So that's nice as well. I do recall seeing one tweet that said that literally every other actress died. <laughs> like, harsh, but funny. Uh, the point is, I'm mm. sure there's men online who are angry about it. Yeah, uh, that is a very good, good point. Thing. Yes. They're annoyed with Pattinson's Batman and that she's the best actress <laughs> yeah, of all time, whatever yeah, yeah. the hell that means. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so that's that's that. Sarah, tell us what you hated. <laughs> yeah, I'm asking for it with this one. You know, I know I'm courting controversy, but I think the movie this year... Sarah, courting controversy. <laughs> with opinions about mainstream films, yeah. that are quite well liked. <laughs> a shock. A shock, I say. I know. I, I, I'm, you know, doing something new here. <laughs> um, but I think Midsommar was the film that just pissed me off the most this year. It's almost certainly not the worst. Like we were talking about movies like, yes, Dark Phoenix, objectively terrible, mm-hmm. but sort of quite forgettable. And I didn't care enough about that franchise to be worried yeah. about it anymore. 
Midsommar, it just, it, it's hard to pronounce. <laughs> <laughs> and I never do it right. Um, it's not in my language, therefore no, I hate it. No, <laughs> exactly. But it's, it's, I just, I think it's just, I find it really reductive as, <laughs> as a film. It takes really interesting concepts mm-hmm. and it makes them really uninteresting. Um, like, what if we had this odd cult-like group well, you know what might we, what might we find? Oh, we find out they're all murderers. What if we look at you know these complex issues around mental health and mental illness? Oh well, everyone murders each other. Cool. And I I think that's <laughs> to be honest. I think that's my issue with Ari Astor as well. I I, I feel like that's what he does. Um. So it it, it might just be my annoyance with the director mm-hmm. as much as with with this film. It just like it, yeah, it just comes up with really with quite interesting ideas, and I think it does like the least interesting thing it could do with them. That's not unfair, I suppose. Mm, I, yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people like it, and that's cool. Um, <laughs> I'm sure there's good stuff to find in there, but um, I think as well, it was also. I, I think I might have already said this. I find it kind of a bit of a cowardly film, um, <laughs> because. Yeah, so as as I said before, like my research is on in looking at the night in mm. well ma- mainly literature but also film, and so obviously the, I thought cool this movie is going to be like going to you know eschew the night and like look at do a full well, Ryan yeah. Johnson's version of the genre exactly yeah mm. how terrifying can things be in the day, but like then <laughs> answer it, not very yeah, well <laughs> not very out. no but also then it's just like the scary parts happen at night. And the yeah. the the, the yeah. one the one black character gets killed off at night, <laughs> and it's just sort of like oh it's just doing it's just doing the boring conventional parts of of uh, mainstream horror. And uh, I did not find yes I didn't really find the rest of it very scary. I found it quite uncomfortable at times, but I think that was as much the length as <laughs> as you know anything that was happening on screen. I will I will admit I I think that some of the um. Like there's definitely some gross stuff going on in the film. I don't know that I. I think a lot of it's in poor taste as well. Yeah. So I'm not sure that I give that as a plus. So yeah, that's my rant. I think <laughs> it was never going to be in my top ten. I did like it, but I wasn't mm. like blown away by it. But I think you you've you've slightly convinced me that maybe it's it's not that good. Um, yeah, I think yeah. All right. uh, maybe I don't know. You know. Uh, well, I'll, I'll give you the choice. We'll <laughs> end it there, or Ooh. we can talk about something else in our top tens. I'm trying to think what else yeah. we can talk about. Read us um, It's a pity you've not seen the farewell because that's great. Yeah, um, no, there's there's a lot of films I I have I to, to catch again. up on this year. Yeah, you definitely could. Has your have your feelings changed on any films that we've talked about since we since we talked about them? Um, no, <laughs> well, apart from Midsummer, maybe. Um. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Actually, uh, one thing I was thinking um, mm. about. It, it, you know, we do like our links here. Um, oh, yeah. Unfortunately, it's only, I suppose it's only in two films, but it is in two of my fa- my favourite films this year. Possibly my two favourite films this year. Us and Wom- Woman at War. They're both about doppelgangers. And that is, to me, interesting. I And actually, I, initially I thought in Woman at War, it was kind of gimmicky, but I think mm-hmm. it might actually be like very crucial for the story. And um, that's actually part of the reason that I like it so much. Woman at War was the environmentalism. Yeah, one from yeah. Norway, uh, 
Iceland. Yes, yes. Iceland. Yes. That, that part of um, the globe. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Because so, yeah, I mean, I suppose I haven't talked about it in a while. So, yeah, but it, it, like, so it's about, um, an, yeah, environmental activist who applied to adopt a child a few years ago, thought that she wouldn't get, wouldn't get a child because she's too old. And then turns out that she's not. Mm. So her, her decision is then like, what to do like do you become a mother do you keep you know fucking over the uh, capitalists um, but she has a she has a, um, a an identical twin and okay. it's kind of at the time when I was watching it I was going this is silly because it's the same actress and they're both ah, okay. they're like obviously both of them are like late 40s and you know it's that thing that annoys me of like n- twins don't look that alike when they've been around that long um, it just yeah ravages of time I guess people tend to not look exactly the same whereas they do and I was kind of going what what is going on here I was thinking about it since that that movie does seem to be kind of well it's you know it's looking at like the horrific future that we're all going towards very quickly um, you mean present yes I do and it is trying to consider, like, it, it, can can we can we be environmental activists mm. and parents at the same time? Because we probably literally have to. And I a lot of the film is about the two of them switching places and things like this. And I think it is kind of looking at the fact that, like, we, yeah, we basically m- might have to take on dual roles. We might have to figure out how to be the same person. Um, and... Yeah, I don't think that's any, that's anything like what us is looking at. But I do like that both, of, like basically my two favorite films of the year are all about doppelgangers. So hmm. something going on there, maybe. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all teamwork. I have to follow up to say that. Um, yes. so yeah, it, it's been definitely another year yeah. in film. Uh, mm-hmm. Indeed a decade of film. Yeah. A new decade now. Yeah, that's it. Do, are you, you... do you have a singular film of the decade you could name off the top of your Ooh, head? Yeah, I... <laughs> I feel like all the films that I really like are from the decade, like all the That's ones I fair, thought were from this yeah. decade are from the decade <laughs> before. So um, any anyone for you? <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure this is from 2010, so Ooh, just about okay. counts, but I would say we need to talk about Kevin. Uh, uh, if I have to name like a singular yeah, film the whole yeah. decade, like, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, mm. Yeah, I feel I like... I don't know, The Avengers. I don't yeah, fucking know. Yeah, whatever. yeah, exactly. <laughs> like some, yeah, film... Let's yeah. say The Last Jedi. That's our collective yeah. film of the decade is The Last yeah, yeah, yeah. Jedi. <laughs> yeah. And what a, yeah, what a film, what a decade. And then just fade out to hear two gunshots <laughs> and never yes. do another podcast again. <laughs> hmm. And on that note, I hope you had a nice Christmas and a happy new year mm. and or spring slash summer. <laughs> Maybe even next autumn. Who knows? Uh, we'll hopefully see you soon in the new year slash current year. For mm. more film talk, yeah, probably and probably review Parasite because that's pretty soon. I yeah, think after yeah, that's it. The new year. Yeah, I feel like maybe we'll talk about Little Women. I, oh, I think yeah, I'd like too. to see it. Um, maybe, maybe we'll try and watch Marriage <laughs> Story so you can yes, hear on it, and I can exactly. also be like indifferent towards it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, the joys yeah, of the future. Yeah, it's a life. It's a life. Yeah, all of our lives. Have a have a good mm. life. Bye. Thank you. You too. Bye. <laughs>